Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hey, this is Grizzly Kajic, and you're listening to Dark Match Podcast. This is the hottest sensation in pro wrestling today. Outlandish Zicky Dice. And you're listening to the Dark Match Podcast. This is Jesse Mack, and you're listening to the Dark Match Podcast. I'm way too tired for this shit. Wonderful! It seems like you're recovering still because we don't have alcohol today. Not, dude. This like just kicked up today. Yeah, I, I feel like everyone's just kind of like fighting something. Dude, every, dude, every. I swear to God, half my fucking office has been fighting something. But I think this is literally just, you know, hey, we're gonna drop like twenty something degrees. It's like we're gonna get really yeah. warm and then we're gonna fucking tank again and it just the. Yeah, like on Sunday, like I went, uh, it was either, it, it was Sunday. I like went, got my car washed, like it was gorgeous outside, oh, yeah. driving around. Beautiful. Like, I, when I say like it's nice, like we're, we're talking like Ohio nice. Dude, like, si- dude 60 th- degrees in in Cleveland it, it in, feels in like the beginning 80. in the beginning of March. Yeah, it feels like it's like 80. Like it's like a summer day. Like I had like, I, I opened up my sunroof, like was driving around with my son. Like went and got my car washed, like just living life. Remember that day. to remember to close your sunroof for that part, right? Yes, I did. I did. I, I didn't need an interior wash this time, so Smart. I did close it for it. I actually had to like lock the windows too, just in case, because who knows? Like with like the little daredevil in the back, so I had to like lock the windows. Nice. Luckily, like during the process too, he's like, "Daddy, my window's locked." I'm like. Well, I'm a smart man for locking the damn windows. <laughs> Didn't need that one coming in. But uh, you had a very uh, eventful weekend. Happy birthday uh, once again. Thank you, sir. I apologize. I, I got a little too drunky McDrunkerson, and uh, my diet definitely got in the way of the partying, to say the absolute least. Yep. So I, I apologize for that. I'll make it up to you. Maybe on uh, on March 19th coming up here. Maybe I'll, I'll make yeah. it up to you. Yeah, we're going to have to see if they still have the event, to be honest. Yeah, at this point. I mean, they're canceling everything. Like, earlier today, they just announced the MAC tournament, which takes still place. going on. It's still going on, but it's closed to the general public. Like, there's only a select few people that can make yeah, it. Fam- the Arnold. Fam- family. Creden- yeah. Like, the Arnold, the Arnold was cl- canceled to, like, outside individuals, like. All these sporting events, like we're in a state of emergency dude, right now school, in Ohio. Dude, schools are are saying like if it gets worse, like no gonna, school, no. They're Ohio State, Kent State, John Carroll, um, our uh, Case Western are going to essentially online courses through the beginning, almost middle of April. Um, Akron has canceled classes through most of March, and Jesus. then and then they're going to pick up online remote classes. Yeah, like with. My kids, like, we got, like, an email home earlier today, like, if it continues with this this damn coronavirus. Like, there people are losing their damn minds. Now, remember, this. you can still have Corona beer. Yes, you can still have Corona beer. And coming from my, my bartender friends, like, dude, the joke's not funny. Like, I'll have a Corona, hold the virus. <laughs> like, just stop. <laughs> just stop. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> like, maybe the first time, yes, but that's like... That's the first time I've heard it. That's the first time you've heard that? Really? Well, dude, I don't go to the bar, and I don't know any True. bartender friends True. anymore. The only only drink you had this weekend, like, you got me, like, severely, was the Hulk Hogan. No, I... Dude, I had a quite a bit to drink this weekend. I had, let's see, beer, bullet on the rocks, 
Mm. Uh, then we went to Chocolate Bar. So I had three different martinis. By the way, I'm sorry. Do not get the Jolly Rancher martini from Chocolate Bar. Ew. It tasted like... It just like, sounds horrible. It, concept sounds great. Tasted like cough syrup. Yeah. Uh, so stick to chocolate. Uh, okay. Cho- most of the chocolate martinis. But I did hear the key lime pie one was really good. Not a big key lime. Kind I'm of not either. Though. But somebody, but somebody else there. He he had it. It was. He said it was good. Um, are you are you drinking a slushy right now? Yes, I am. What blue, kind of slushy did you get? Blue raspberry. Son of a bitch. That sounds amazing. Oh, dude. I should have. I should have had them throw nerds in it though. Oh my god, just more candies I can't have. Um, I was actually like messaging uh, back and forth with one of our followers. His name's Cody. He's a member of the oh. eccentric section. And oh, he's yeah. currently on a diet too. And I was like, <laughs> I was literally like messaging him back and forth last night. Like, I, I like told him, I'm like, I would sell two of my kids for a fucking like hamburger bun right now. Oh, so I tried to tell you how, to, how I had oh, a god. double no. bacon cheeseburger as part, no. of, as part of what I bought today. <laughs> I've literally had six egg Thanks. whites today. Six egg whites. That's all I've had. Racist. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my but God. But, yeah, but to continue, but then the next night, by the way, dude. Yes. Read the steakhouse. Oh, God, yes. Yes. 24-ounce porterhouse. Mm-hmm. Dude, that, that sounds amazing. Dude, it melted in my mouth. Oh, God. Medium rare. Okay, we're moving on from here. So, Dude, but even okay, but to continue, fuck but your to conti- yeah, fuck your talk. No, but it, but to continue the uh, the, the drink the drinkage. Dude, yes. oh yeah, I forgot. Then because Amy had never been, we went down to Society Lounge for one final drink Ooh. because we got they changed it. Remember the one where it was almost like the Beauty and the Beast rose? Yes. So they still kind of have it, but they have a nice, nicer, fancier like box that they put it in now. Really? Oh yeah, dude, it was still really awesome. Um, that sounds really good, dude. It was still really cool, but that's like did there. Then the next night at Red, I had two old fat, dude. A couple, yeah, two old fashions. Oh, nice, made fantastic. And then yeah, but uh, the only times I've ever gotten old fashions, like obviously, like the bartender has no idea what the hell they're doing. Yeah, and it's no, quite knew. depressing. Oh, they fucking knew here. Oh God, dude, I could go dude, for one right now. Yeah, and then went to sixteen bit and had three Hulk Hogan's. Yeah, yeah which yeah. if you don't know, what was it? Blue was it? <laughs> Blueberry vodka. It's blueberry vodka, lemonade, with a bomb pop. Yeah, which just yes, I, I can tell you from experience I, that was the most amount of sugar I've had in a very long time, and it definitely uh, took all the alcohol that I had and it went a different direction. So you know what chaps my ass though? <laughs> my God, you were on a different level tonight. Go ahead. They got rid of the uh, the Macho Man. What was the Macho Man? Uh, some sort of some form of a like a whiskey. So it was probably like like a whiskey ginger. No, I don't think it was whiskey ginger. Or like whiskey, maybe whiskey ginger, whiskey coke with a, with a fucking slim like mini slim jim. That sounds amazing, dude. They got rid of it, oh, and apparently it's been a while because the one bartender's like, yeah, since I've been here, it hasn't been here. I'm like shit, I guess I haven't been here in like a year. No, I, I rarely ever go, but. Kind of getting off of the food talk because I might eat your fucking arm right now. But we have a very exciting interview today. Fantastical. Fantastical, whatever word you want to use for it. It's someone that we literally, when you came on board, were like, if we could pick anyone, who would it be? Especially once certain things started started up in, what was that? 
October? October, yeah. I think that's when it first debuted. But this is one individual that we've been really excited to have on. And go figure. Get the communication today. He's interested. And here we are less than 12 hours later, and we're talking to him. So I don't want to wait any longer. Let's just dive right into it right now. So this is the interview that even you told me, it's it's never going to happen. It, it, it's never going to happen. You're a huge NWA fan. You watch Power every Tuesday. You have your alarm set for 6.03. And I think, just, I'm, I think I'm still late on that. I think I need to back it up a minute well, or the two. Funny, the funny thing is, today, like, you walked in. I was like, hey, man, did you watch Did you watch uh, Circled, Square, uh, Circled Square? And you're like, you know what? I was driving... I was a little bored. I pulled over into the parking lot of a store to watch it on my drive home from work. If that is not dedication, I don't know what is. Literally pulled over instead of just, oh, I'll watch it when I get home. No, you pulled over into a parking lot and we're like, oh, well, because then starting. I had to turn around to come here. Yeah. Because we had important business. On the line with us, we have NWA, former NWA world heavyweight champion. We have current NWA superstar and... Mama Storm's baby boy. We have none other than Tim Storm on the line with us here tonight. First and foremost, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I, you know, the timing was just perfect. Uh, you know, as most people know, I'm a, I'm a school teacher, and this is spring break, and I actually spent a couple of days with Mama Storm and was uh, actually driving. And, and, you know, like you were saying, you pulled over to, to watch it. I, you know, I spend a lot of time on my phone even when I shouldn't. So I was driving and saw your uh, – you know, saw your message, and here we are. So, you know, it's, it's great to be on here. Appreciate you guys having me. It, it just comes off first, like, full circle there. So yeah. You both pull over to, to take care of uh, wrestling business, and here, here we are sitting here ready to talk now. So uh, we, we definitely have a lot to cover. Yeah, you've definitely had quite the career, and would love to touch on that. But what uh, subject do you teach? I teach uh, eighth grade U.S. history. So oh, that's... A challenge in itself. Eighth grade is a challenge. I taught uh, science for five years. It's my sixth year to teach U.S. history. And, uh, you know, I think I can teach any subject. Teaching eighth grade, any subject is always a challenge. It's an interesting age, I think. Well, yeah, like, especially with attention spans. Like, I remember us in eighth grade and our attention spans, especially around that age. Like, I remember we had one teacher in, in school that there was a wait list to get in his class because he had this very unique way of teaching, and he knew that the attention span of the kids in the class was so minuscule. Why are you looking at me like that? Are you I'm thinking talking, high school? I'm talking about high school, yes. Wow. But like even then, he, he he had a very unique way of teaching U.S. and military history, and, and his name was Mr. Walker. Ah, oh, Mr. Walker. He, he broke so many desks in that class because <laughs> he would jump. He would he, jump onto the desk. He would jump onto the desk. He got in so much trouble because he wanted to do a um, he wanted to do a rendition of War, but in the form of dodgeball. So oh, nice. He took the student. He took us out onto like the the football field, and he's like, "All right, 
You are the Union. You are the Confederates. This is how it's going to go. Oh, I don't think we got to do that. We we were the only class that did because they shut that down very quickly. Oh, that sounds like, fantastic, though. He's like, you can't make kids Confederates. <laughs> <laughs> they like, gave him, like so much shit for it. So explain my language. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. That's how you learn, and that's how you. I did learn. I learned a lot in that class, and then. I look at some of the other teachers, like we had one teacher, Mr. Murphy, he would just throw something up on the projector, and then he would read his sports page for the rest of the day. It's like, <laughs> I'm like great, I'm learning. So why the transition from uh, from science to history? Uh, you know, I, I joke and say that I had adult you know, ADHD, and I just needed to do something different. Uh, you know, I've, historically, I've, no pun intended, I've, I've changed. seems like I've changed jobs about every five years of my life uh, doing something different. Um, so I just, you know, I got to the five year mark at the end of science and just said, Hey, I think I want to try something different. So U S history and I'm, you know, my, my teaching certificate, I can teach anything, um, up to the ninth grade, up to the eighth grade and I can teach any subject. So I know I cannot, I'm not capable of teaching math. That's not, you know, that's not something I'm comfortable with, but anything else I'm good. And history, I felt like, you know, my, my style as a teacher is I'm a storyteller and there's a lot of really good stories I can tell with, with history. So that, that's kind of how I chose it. Well, now in today's day and age, I do have to ask, obviously, with you being on the NWA, with it now being public on YouTube, what are parent-teacher conferences like? Do you ever have like <laughs> the teachers come in, like the students' parents come in, like, hey, you know, you're failing my kid, but can I get an autograph after this? <laughs> oh, if it were just that way. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, I, there are not a lot of... Uh, I don't do a lot of parent-teacher conferences for whatever reason, uh, but I've had a few parents who've asked questions about it. But that was before NWA Power, which is when I think most of you know, a lot of the world found out who I was. I think before that, you know, I, while I wrestled, I wrestled all over the country and all over the U.S. at times. But um, I guess I was really known in you know my area, which would be Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, you know that kind of area. Uh, but usually the, the information that the parent have is whatever the student tells them. And if that's something they've passed on and a lot of times they don't connect the dots, you know, they don't, I've had people say, you look really familiar, you know? So, uh, but that I've had a few parents bring it up, but for the most part I have managed and I, and I kind of work hard and I've managed to kind of keep the two separated. Well, that's good too. Cause like, I, I know we've talked to other teachers too, that are also professional wrestlers. One in particular that I'm thinking of right now and, she had an experience with it during a parent-teacher conference that didn't go too well where the parent was more concerned with, okay, well, what if my son turns on TV, sees you, and then, like, predetermined notion, like, you're aggressive or, oh, you're probably going to, like, you could just snap at any second or what. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, but, and then, like, <laughs> my kid's going to piss you off and you're going to hit him with a chair or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, uh... <laughs> I know, and I get that. I, I get that. It's the administration of my school, for the most part, has been pretty supportive. Uh, you know, they've not all of them, but several administrators have come to shows and all those kind of things. And we've even had brief discussions about doing something as a fundraiser at the school. But you know, I, I kind of make I kind of make the reference on a, on a regular basis that I don't want my students picturing me in a pair of wrestling trunks. You know, that while I'm teaching, <laughs> you know, the Constitution or whatever. So. You know, that was a big discussion. I think I think the exact words were, you know, this might be really good. I think the kids would enjoy it if we did a fundraiser, but you're going to have to wear a lot more clothes, you know, and kind of that, that kind of comment. But, it, you know, it's 
I haven't ever run into that. Um, I know others that have, but you know, I haven't. So it's for the most part, they've been very supportive and you know, that, that makes it, that makes it easier to do both my jobs. Well, that's always a good thing because yeah, you, you obviously don't want to have those awkward conversations with parents and try to explain your your second lifestyle or your second career and why you do it. And then you have those judgmental parents that we had as friends growing up or like or my parents, for that matter, that would continuously tell me you can't watch this. And well, we're, we're getting off topic here, but uh Along the lines of professional wrestling, obviously you're a teacher now. You, you've switched jobs every five years or so. You have adult ADHD. I think we all do. But but where don't did listen this, to the show, man, and you'll find out. Just listen to five minutes of our show. We're all over the place. It happens. So where did this wrestling journey kind of start for you? Did you grow up in the wrestling scene, or did you kind of fall into it later on in life? Uh, both, I guess. It's... You know, I grew up in a section in Arkansas, in central Arkansas, where I got, I, you know, I got three different stations, uh, three different types of wrestling. I got, I got Memphis wrestling in the morning. So I got, you know, Lawler, Dundee, uh, Jimmy Valiant, Valiant. I got all, you know, all of that stuff in the morning, which is, you know, Memphis has a, has a, historically has a very well-established form of wrestling, you know, that, that's the Memphis style. Um, I got, you know, NWA, I got uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling in the afternoon, and then I got World Class Wrestling, which is the Von Erichs and, and the Freebirds and all that on Saturday nights. And I, I grew up just loving loving watching professional wrestling. Uh, now, the other side of that is, even though I, I've always loved it, I always thought, you know, it'd be a lot of fun to do, I didn't actually start, I didn't start training until I was 30 or 31. Uh, wow. You know, and that, again, that in itself has positives and negatives, too, I think. Although I think my bump card's getting pretty pretty full now, um, you know I didn't I didn't start bumping until I was over thirty. So it was, you know I I guess maybe I saved saved that for a while and just got a late start. What kind of sparked that that change? Because at thirty one years old, deciding I'm going to get into wrestling, what was kind of that moment like? Well, I did I've done a lot of things athletically, and I'm, I'm I was always looking for like what's the next challenge? What can I do? Um, you know, I played some college football. I, I, I played some tournament volleyball in college. I, you know, I, I swam a lot. Uh, I loved playing basketball and racquetball. And uh, I got into tournament softball for a while and traveled a lot doing that. And my knees had, you know, I had a couple of surgeries when I was 19 or 20 playing football. And my knees were already starting to bother me. But I just, I wanted some something new. And I... I don't know. I just call, you know, I just thought, you know, I think I want to try this. And my first call was to WCW power plant. And I was talking to a friend of mine and he goes, Hey, you know, I saw this commercial for a local wrestling organization. He goes, I'm not going to lie to you. He said the production wasn't very good, but they, you know, they advertised a wrestling school and I made a call and we started talking and, uh, you know, I'm, I've at the time I was probably, I don't know, 275 or 280 and I'm, you know, I'm not six three anymore, but I was pretty close. So I was a big guy, and wrestling has a spot for big guys. And uh, you know, we worked out a deal. I started training. I drive two and a half hours one way to train a couple times a week. And you know, it's just it, it gets. I'm sure you've been told this, or you guys may know this, but it, it wrestling is addictive. And once it gets in your blood, it's it's hard to get out. And I'm, matter of fact, it's impossible to get out. And I, oh yeah, 
it was, I, I remember telling people it's the hardest thing I've ever done physically. Uh, and you know, uh, there's, I don't know, you, I don't know what you guys are familiar. There was a guy, a manager who I think should be in the hall of fame, by the way, a guy named Skandar Akbar, who, oh, yeah. uh, who I traveled with for a while. And he would always say, you know, the, the wrestling business, there's only, it's kind of like the mafia. There's only two ways out. He said, people either stop booking you or you die, you know? And that there's a lot of truth to that because, you know, we see that even today. So it's, you know, it just, once I got a taste of it, I didn't want to stop. And truthfully, I don't, I haven't stopped for very long since then. Yeah. It's kind of weird to describe. Like everyone kind of has their own story into the wrestling industry, but everyone has the same reasoning why they can never give it up. It, it is, right. it's a drug. It's whether it be the crowd or just overall, like it is addictive and, being 31, what kind of challenges? Because you mentioned you, you played a little bit of sports. You you had some injuries, but it, you were a bigger guy. What was that experience like walking into like the wrestling tryout? Did you kind of just catch on right away, or was it? Oh, Jesus! Oh, no, a it, lot harder than I thought it was ever going to be. I, oh, it was it was the most difficult thing I've ever done. It was, uh, you know, I was not a natural. Some guys are, and. You know, just just taking bumps and learning to bump was completely just a, a, a mental, physical struggle with me. I actually uh, snapped my tailbone, I think, the first or second training session, and, oh, uh, which then makes then, which then makes learning that a little bit more difficult. It was very not it was against everything I'd ever thought about to intentionally jump up and land on my back instead of trying to roll or whatever. You know, I'd taken I'd done a little bit of martial arts as a, as a young you know, young kid, but uh, yeah, I was one of the most unnatural uh that you can imagine you know now parts of it i i got pretty quickly you know uh crowd crowd interaction and those kind of things kind of came naturally but as far as being good in the ring it took me i mean i wrestled probably for three or four years and then and then moved to dallas and basically started retraining again with a whole different style and had to learn finally learn how to do things right um yeah, it was very, it was very not natural to me. The, the cardio just absolutely blew my mind. You know how 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 hard the cardio was. You know, so yeah, it was. It's you know the way I look at it now is you have to continue to learn and get better and move forward because if you don't, you're moving backwards. So it's you know if you ever get to the point where you think you know it, then you probably got to get out because you're going to start backing up. But you know the guy that trained me said. It's going to take seven years for you to even understand what's going on. And I, I remember thinking, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure it is. And I know at like two years, I thought, oh, I got this. And then at four years thinking, wow, at two years, I knew nothing, but I get it now. And then at five years, I mean, every it's always a, a growing process. So, you know, it for whatever reason, I was able to stick with it because I loved it so much. And I know that I don't know how many matches I have left. You know, it's I've been saying, I just, just realized I've been saying that for six or seven years. So it's that, that's not a new statement, but I don't know how many matches I have left. So I really do value the the experience every time I get the opportunity, especially now that the NWA and NWA Power is rolling, and I'm a part of something, you know, exciting and fresh. And uh, so every time I'm in the ring, every time I'm in front of people, I just I love every second of it. Yeah, and kind of going to NWA in itself, that promo that you caught in regards to. Why do I keep going? Why do I keep doing this? Yeah. I think it was the the birthday of Mama Storm promo that you yeah. cut, and right. absolutely moving. Just I don't know why I keep doing this. I and 
why I keep going back, but I got something to prove. And like, yeah, you you don't know when your next match is going to be. It, it could end tomorrow. It could end in six years. Whoever knows. But to go out there with that mentality, like, hey, this could be my last moment in a wrestling ring. So I'm going to give it my all. Out of all the time, because we we could talk for six or seven hours of the times <laughs> that that you've had, but overall, what was what was some of the moments that kind of stick out in your head in those earlier years? Well, it's it, I, the way I've looked at it now. Now it's been twenty five years. It's it, it's been a constant reevaluating and resetting of goals because at least for me, when I got into it, I just thought, Hey, I want to give it a shot and see what happens. Right. So it's, I had a match and I, and I remember that was a moment for me, you know, and I remember coming out of the match and I literally, you know, however we finished the match, I remember crawling through the curtains. Uh, and, and, and the guy that I, that I was had trained had helped train me was my tag partner. And he goes, Hey, for a first match, you did really well. And I said, well, you know, I've been waiting 30 something years for that. I, I, I hope I did. And, but I said, I, I had no idea how difficult it was going to be. I didn't, I can't, I couldn't imagine being that tired, you know, how, how exhausted I was. That was a moment. Um, you know, the first time I worked and got that, the, the true crowd reaction uh, was a moment. And I, you know, in the first year, you know, first year in the business, I worked Dan Severn for the NWA world's heavyweight title and I was terrible, you know, but that was a moment, you know, so uh, and, and I've been very fortunate that I've in, in 20 or 25 years or whatever, I've I've got to be in the ring with a lot of incredibly talented, well-known now people. And even in the last five years, people that, you know, I see a lot of my friends, guys that I consider friends that uh, are doing really well in the business and every organization. But, you know, all of those literally were moments. Uh, and I mean, literally every organization, it just blows my mind when I, you know, when, when I start when I'm watching, I think, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, so, I mean, to get to work some of those people and be in the ring and learn and, and try to develop and get better, and you know, all of those are moments. But the, the one that, you know, I, I can remember the first time, the first NWA title of any kind of, I won was the NWA Texoma uh, Oklahoma Championship. That was a big deal to me because it was an NWA title. You know, and then, of course, you know, winning the world's title was the moment for me. And I don't, I, you know, I can't imagine anything topping that. You know, maybe win, maybe winning it a, a second time, but that's probably not the cards. You know, it's that's I, I lost a match for even that right to, to get a shot at it. So, um, you know, it might, I, I just think wrestling is full of moments. That's that's kind of what stands out. And twenty five years is a, is a lot. And I've had some, you know, some great moments and some not so great moments. But that's part of the process. Well, and you go down in history as one of the oldest individuals to ever win that championship as well winning that against jack stain at the right age of 51 years old so even if you don't win it again i mean if you do win it again and we hope you do you would just be beating your own record yeah and and you know i don't think i mean i love the history of the business um and i don't think that would mean as much to me if 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 it hadn't been for you know, when, when somebody fight, when somebody told me that, when I won it, I had no idea, right? I, I just, I was just glad to have the opportunity. But, you know, somebody said, you know, you, you're now the oldest NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, you know, winning it, and you beat Lou Thez's record. That's the one that meant something to me, you know, because of my love for the history of the business, you know, to know that I beat a record that was held by one of the greatest 
wrestlers in history. You know, that's a big deal to me. Oh, yeah. Now, kind of fast-forwarding a little bit. Now, we, we've touched on it a little bit, but when this idea of NWA power came into play, what was your overall interpretation of it? Was it kind of a slow burn, or did you just kind of hear rumblings that, oh, they're going to start a, a weekly television show and bring back that old-style NWA mentality? What was it like when that opportunity kind of presented itself and that idea kind of culminated in itself? Well, it's, you know, when it was, when it was told, when I was told, cause it was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start this, uh, you know, this weekly show, this NWA power. Uh, there was a lot of, we had discussed it, but here's from what I've from just my experience with dealing with William Patrick Corgan and, and Dave Lagana in everything they do, they under promise and over deliver every time. So my expectation for what NWA power would be and what it is were, were completely different. Um, they have mastered the art of exceeding all expectations. And, you know, I've, growing up watching, you know, NWA uh, wrestling, watching the Superstation, I got, a, I got a personal rush out of the old school presentation. Um, but along the same lines, while it's an old school wrestling there are, you know, there's every style of wrestling you can imagine on there. So, you know, for wrestling fans who haven't experienced NWA power, you know, there, there is the people like me who that's all, that's what I do. That's, that's right in my wheelhouse, but there's also, you know, guys in there, they're going to, they're going to work a, a, a very contemporary style uh, match. So there's a little bit for everybody. So I, you know, answer your question. It, it was, I don't know if slow burn is the right word, but I'll tell you it, it's, exceeded all expectations and then i don't know what anybody like uh, the perception of how it was going to be received or how fast it was going to grow but even that i think has exceeded everybody's expectations it's it's a it's an incredible product uh, the locker room is fantastic it's full of uh, of men and women that that are passionate about wrestling and care about uh you know the nwa and there's not and i've been in a, i've been in a lot of locker rooms in 25 years and this one is special. Um, talented people with great attitudes who are going out and just working their butts off and making things work. Oh yeah, and NWA Power just the just the number of views that it gets every single week. I'm just my co-host and himself setting an alarm to remind himself <laughs> right. to watch it every it's, single week. It's because like even when it came out, came out, it was like okay, this definitely is a lot different than anything that's out there now. Yeah. So it's like I wanted to give it a shot just because right. just because it was easily accessible and it just seemed it's different than you know what we are what people are used to now. Yeah. And it was and it's just and it's exactly that of it the studio feel kind of that little old school feel like the like, territory. Yeah, days. the territory feel but like but like Tim said it's but you still have like that modern day wrestling but then you still have people like him where it's kind of that old school like style old school style where it's you get that little bit of everything these are some people who may not be like hugely known but now they're getting there they're oh, you're yeah, getting right. a lot more people who are getting a lot more notoriety because of something like power and it's i think and like you said i think it's blown expectations out of the water and it's fantastic right. yeah and, and you well, have like this i'm sorry i cut you off there no go ahead go ahead I was just going to say, like, you, you ha watch these other promotions. Like, it's like 
all big Hollywood. Like it needs to be bigger. Like there needs to be explosions and lights. And then right. you have NWA Power. That's like, no, we're, we're this isn't what wrestling, what we grew up watching and what we loved and why we loved it and why we got into it. So let's go back to that and teach us how to love wrestling, just wrestling in itself, not the the pageantry that some promotions are going for. I, I know for me, walking into uh, you know the studio setting for the first time, I I was I won't say it was emotional, but it was overwhelming to to a certain degree. But it but here's what I I've kind of realized is that for a long time I felt like you know, um, because I was part of the old NWA, you know, the, the, the system that was there before, uh, you know, Billy bought it. It it's, I felt like it came down to me and just, uh, you know, some, uh, some uh, a core group of guys that were trying to keep doing our best to keep it alive, you know? Um, but my reaction to when I, you know, when I walked to the studio was the same as almost every guy on a guy and girl, on the roster. You know, people walked in and their jaws dropped because it is it's it really does bring that um, that really great memory of studio wrestling back, you know, and and even to the point where, you know, on the TV show, we there, you know, there's no entrance music. And when, we, when that was dis- when not discussed, but when that was when we were told that, um, you know, at the talent meeting, it was like, OK, there's no entrance music. You can see guys looking at each other like what, you know, but, you know, that's old school. Uh, there were you know, the guy that trained me. That's that was normal. You didn't have entrance music. And and his thing was, you know, when, when they presented this to us, they were like, well, you know, there's what, 15, 20 feet between the curtain and the ring. Um, you've got that much area to get a crowd response, you know, and, and on promos, their whole thing was sink or swim. You know, we're going to put a we're going to put a live mic in your hand. We're going to um, give you an opportunity. And, and for the most part, they don't, they don't, they don't script anything. You know, they say on the, well, on the first show the my instructions were, Hey, you're going to have uh, about 90 seconds to go out there before your match. Um, you know, do what you want to do. And my only concern when I was told that was, I didn't know if not in, you know, just thinking through it. I had a, I had something I wanted to say, and I wasn't sure 90 seconds was going to be enough. And I'm standing in, you know, at the at the gorilla get ready to go through the curtain, and, and Billy walks up and he goes, "Don't worry about the 90 seconds. Do what you want to do. Um, just get your message across." And that was so freeing to me. You know, I, I can go out, I can cut my own promo, I can I can be me. Nobody's telling me what to say or how to say it, and I also don't have to watch watch the clock. Um, I thought this is perfect, you know, for me, for me personally, this is perfect. And, you know, even the wrestling itself, that's just my ballpark. Um, you know, I haven't, this is, this is what I, this is how I wrestle all the time. It's how I've wrestled for 25 years. So, you know, it's, this is just, this is heaven for me. Yeah. You have individuals that just walk out there and literally just make a name for themselves. One person in particular, one of our former guests literally put himself I, I would say he had a pretty good following beforehand, but Ricky Starks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One in particular. Another one, Zicky Dice. Right. Really just elevated their careers in a short amount of time just with those free abilities to just go out there, be yourself, and and speak what's on your mind. And right. a lot of individuals have really thrived just from this. And 
now they're getting booked everywhere. I mean, I see everyone from NWA just like pop up here, pop up there. You can see me here. You can see me here. You can see me here. And everything's just growing. The numbers for NWA power each and every week are are growing. So you guys really do. I think my co-host would even agree. You you guys really do have something special there. Hell, and even a guy like Zicky Dice, I I think when he first came on, he, it was just in a match. He didn't. He didn't talk. He came out for a match, and within his match, by by the time by the time the match ended, they were booing him. He oh, was yeah. able to capture the crowd just in a match. Yeah, that it's right. yeah that there is and there, it was deafening. There, yes, that there is just something about like what you guys are doing down there in Atlanta that is. I I, I don't even know how to describe it. What a gifted group of men and women. Uh, not just not just in the ring, but look at the look at how many guys and girls you can give a live mic to, and they'll go out and just you know they, it's a gift. And in a lot of promotions, you'll have one or two guys that you know are are kind of the the, the mic guys, the stick guys that can go out and cut a good promo. But you can send you know if and I'm just I'm making up numbers in my head. If we if we've got a 25 30 man roster. Uh, you know, and and ten ladies that you can hand the hand the stick to over half of those, and their promos are going to be money. And and that's oh, yeah. that's yeah, that's unique. And I mean, you know, I I'm just going through the list in my head right now. I'm not going to start the list because as soon as I do, I'll leave somebody out. But you know, it's we all take pride in our ring work. We all take pride in you know cutting a good promo, and it becomes not just contagious. It becomes a contest, right? I mean, it becomes a competition. Um, you know, if you see you see somebody go out there and 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 kill it with the mic, and you know you've got one on the next segment, and and that adrenaline gets flowing, you know, and it's like, okay, all right, I see what you did there. You know, let's see let's see how this goes. So, um, it just feeds on itself. Yeah, it's kind of like my turn. Like, okay, you did that. Now I got to right. top that. So it, right. it is good to have that competition because in kind of taking a step away from the the studio setting. On the big stages, you only have three or four people that are really given an opportunity to really talk or really promote anything leading up to a match. It's only four people that are really given the stick and said, go. But here, right. you everyone, and here's your opportunity to truly sink or swim, and the crowd itself, like we mentioned, that's your entrance music. If you come out and that crowd is electric, that's your entrance music. And yes. I, I love that feel of it where there is a pageantry behind it because now you have to essentially listen to music in your head when you come out, but that crowd's going to tell you what they think about you in that regard, yeah. and that's all you have to deal with. Yeah, but, if you want to be super cheesy, competi- <laughs> competition breeds success. Yes. So oh, if, no, if, yeah. if everyone's trying to one-up each other and one-up each other, guess what? That's just going to make everybody better. Right. Oh, Well, yeah. and there's... There's no better music than than the crowd, right? I mean, that's that's the that's part of the love and the addiction of the business is, you know, when you you have it at least for me, you have it in a head in your head. Okay, you know this this is I would love for the crowd to react this way on this during the match, and then when they do, it's like it's like you've uh, I don't know, it's like you've wrapped a present and you give somebody the present and you get the reaction that you wanted. That's that's a gift, you know, and it's it's kind of the same way with a promo. I'm I'm really big on, you know, my my promos are 
it's just me. It's just me turned up a little bit. And, um, you know, that what, when you, the things I say are the truth, you know, I, I, I saw this, uh, I saw this meme one time that said, you know, be, be real, be open, be raw because there's too many fakes in the world. So when I go out there and I talk about my mom or I talk about, you know, my background, that's just, that's all the, all the truth. And, you know, if, when the crowd responds, it's not like I went out and, you know, I, I didn't prepare and think, okay, the crowd's going to respond this way. Uh, you know, in a lot of cases, I'm as surprised as anybody that, that something gets a reaction. Cause I'm just, I'm just giving, I'm just pouring my heart out, you know? So that, that's such a great thing. And that's, and that's what we were told, you know, the very, before the very first TV taping, it was, this is, this is your chance to go out there and sink or swim and you can take a chance. You're feel free to take a chance. Just know, you know, you'll be rewarded if, if you're successful and you obviously you won't be rewarded if you fail. So, you know, so we just go out there and everybody kind of does their thing. And that studio audience is, is a big part of the show. It's, you know, it, it's, they're, they're a lot of fun. They're interactive. They love the, they love the NWA and they love the product. And, you know, I think on my last, the last promo I cut, I, I, you know, I came out and I said, hello family, because that's actually what we're becoming and not just the studio. I mean, it's family worldwide. You know, it's there. There are a lot of people out there that love the NWA, that love the NWA power. We actually, uh, we are becoming a big family. Yeah, and those fans, you see the same individuals every single week, and right. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention one individual that's always in the front row. <laughs> Come on, yeah, you gotta love Orange Santa. So, <laughs> most passionate guy of NWA met him back at NWA seventy where. I, we drove, my old co-host and I uh, worked a 16-hour shift the day wow. before, uh, got off work at 2 a.m., drove from Cleveland, Ohio to Nashville, Tennessee, wow. all that one night to see NWA 70. We did not sleep for 46 hours, and wow. we, we finally went to bed after NWA 70 was over. So definitely uh, even that was just what kind of got me brought back into the NWA lifestyle. And I, I remember watching it growing up and here is, I, I was thinking it was going to be like this huge, this huge like spectacle. And here it was where it was really like you were watching like wrestling from like the the mid to early eighties all over again, a little more intimate. It, it was extremely intimate. It was at, uh, it was in the God kill me for forgetting exactly what the building was, but it was at the fairgrounds. Yeah. The Nash, the Nashville play, the fairgrounds. Yeah. And it, it was a, it wasn't a huge arena, but I, I kid you not. Billy Corgan was standing about 10 feet away from me. Right. And no one bothered him. No one touched him. No one went up to him for any type of, of photo ops or anything like that. He was just so into it. And that that's what the wrestling world really needs is those passionate individuals that want to to grow the product itself, not their their pocketbook. Right. Well, and, and I know I, I believe that that NWA 70, I think, set an attendance record at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Which, which just the history of that building, that's saying something. And back to and what you were saying with, with Billy, you know, Billy loves professional wrestling. He loves the NWA. And it's, I think that's evident with his history 
because, you know, he had a, he had a potentially bad experience with another company and, you know, had to go through lawsuits and all of those kind of things. But, but he obviously he loved the business so much that he was willing to, to get right back into it. Um, and that in itself is, is passion, but he's very, very involved. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he loves the business. He loves the NWA and he works his butt off to make it successful, just like Dave Lagana. And just like, you know, uh, uh, and again, if I start naming names, I'll start leaving people out, but it's, you know, the, the crew, the not, you know, the, the crew, as far as in ring, but the out of the ring, uh, team, the management team, the backstage people, the producers, the, uh, the, they are, everybody loves it. And we, it, it really is a big family and it's a team. Yeah. And just watching him, it wasn't like he was watching the production. It was like, he was just watching the match and just being a fan all over again. So right. it, it's definitely nice to see that he start. he, he enjoys it just as much as we do. And, and obviously it's a, a product of his essential creation and rebirth. So it's always nice to see that success, but uh, you kind of mentioned how your promos are a part of you and it just kind of connects everything. But we want to get to know a, a little bit more about you outside of the ring. So now I, I know we've had conversations previously, Dave, where everyone knows sports are your life. But oh, yeah. out, outside of the ring, what does Tim Storm find himself doing to kind of kick back and relax and turn the wrestling world off for a little bit? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I, if I do, I don't, it, it's, but well, I mean, it's wrestling is my passion. It's, it's where my heart is. Um, and you know, for a long time it has not paid the bills. So it's, it's to this point, it's, I, you know, I get up in the morning and I'm usually at my job. It's by seven thirty, <clears throat> and I, I leave there at four o'clock and I'm in the gym by, you know, four thirty. Um, I usually don't get home till six thirty, which gives me just enough time to, you know, to to fix something, uh, meal prep for the next day, and start all over again. You know, it's like I well tonight I went to uh, my my grandson's baseball game, um, who is who's six. Uh, so that that's interesting because it's that really interesting age where they're you know some of the kids are very very into it and very talented in summer running around with, you know, gloves on their heads and chasing butterflies. So <laughs> it's a, it, you know, my, my weekends are usually travel to wrestle and you know, depending on how many times I wrestle over the weekend, uh, you know, I may get home. I, I try to get home by uh, in time to make it to the gym Sunday to start all over again. And it, uh, my recovery time now because of, you know, just age and those kind of things is a little longer. So usually it takes me to Tuesday or Wednesday to get my body back where I can function properly and caught up on sleep. And then I'm, it's just a cycle, and, you know, but the thing is, it's, it's what I love doing. And, you know, I don't know what that says about me, but that's pretty much, you know, my downtime is, is family. When I, you know, when I have that, when I can, uh, I spent on you know, spring break this week, I spent a couple of days with my mom came home in time to catch, you know, the ball game tonight, but that's gives me three days to kind of get things done before, uh, I'm, I'm in Arizona this weekend uh, for uh, championship wrestling from Arizona. And, you know, that'll be a, a flight to Arizona, probably in and out in one day. So, you know, it's, but it's what a great life uh, doing what you love to do. Yeah. And 
I mean, if you're passionate about it and that you, you can't get away from it, then you definitely chose the right career path, to be honest with you. Right. If you can't shut it off. No, and, and you know, you, you can, but you don't want to, you know, yes. that, that I think that's the love. It's, um, you know, and it's not like I'm, I sit around and, and think wrestling 24 seven. I've got, you know, I've got other things that I have to get done and want to get done and um, have to plan and all those kind of things. But, you know, it's, it's, it's either a really good sign or a really bad sign when, when you're dreaming about wrestling, you know, that if you, you're living it during the day and you're dreaming about it at night. So, um, I think that, that, I think that speaks well for how much I enjoy it. I think that's the drug. I think that's what it is. <laughs> it is. It's, and there's, there's, you know, you said this earlier, but it's, it's not just, it's not just in the ring. You hear pro athletes of, of just about every sport say that the hardest thing when they step away, um, it's not just the game itself, but it's, it's the locker room and it's being around people that are like-minded and, um, you know, that, that, that's a big, that's a big part of it too. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that however it works out, um, uh, however long I could continue to, to wrestle, but, it, you know, I'm already starting to kind of move into some other roles. I just, I love being around the business and, I, I, I hope that regardless of my in-ring abilities as they start to decline and those kind of things that, that I can still be around the business. Cause I just, I love it that much. Now, where, what do you kind of see yourself doing when you finally decide the last time to, to hang up those boots and call it a day? Do you see yourself kind of jumping into the, the coaching realm of things or do you see yourself being a, a full blown promoter and, and running a promotion somewhere in the Texas, Louisiana area? Um, I, you know, I see myself more on the training and production side. Um, I have a, I have a guy that I work a lot with now. That's a very, very well-known uh, referee. He's the only, he's the only guy that I, that I think in history that's worked for every major promotion in Japan and America, a guy named James Beard, but James and I do clinics, um, you know, usually in conjunction with shows, but you know, I love that part of it. Uh, I've I've done some production work, you know, both with the NWA and with with other other organizations. I, I like I like that side. Um, you know, my background before I was a teacher is I I managed two or three different businesses, and you know, I I don't ever see myself on the promoting side. One of my one of my shortcomings as a businessman was is that I'm really good at managing other people's money because I'm so tight with mine. Right. So in order to be a promoter, you in order to be a businessman, you have to spend money to make money. And I was never good at that. Uh, I, I just I don't enjoy spending mine or anybody else's money. So, you know, it's I can see myself doing on the production side, the, you know, those kind of things. I don't think I would ever I don't ever think I would want to promote. But as far as organizing a show, you know, helping people with matches, figuring out match order, those kind of things. That's something that I love doing. Now, in today's day and age, what are some things that you're kind of seeing? Like, I, I hate to – obviously, I'm not looking for names, but what are some bad habits that you're seeing that are common in today's wrestling community with these new up-and-comers that you're seeing nowadays? Well, I think – and I'll, I'll speak only from, like, the, the section of the country that I'm in because I think that, I think that every, you know, every region has its own – uh, habits and, and show things. I I know that I th there's been a decline in. Well, I got to be careful how I say this. 
it, it has become too easy in some cases for people to be able to claim that they're a trained wrestler. And I think the, the, the trickle down, the net result of that is if, if a promoter is trying to go out and say, instead of, instead of paying some, some guys who are very talented and, and may have a name, instead of paying them, they can take that money and hire, you know, and, and bring in 10 other guys who may not be very good. The problem with that is, is that the show quality suffers, which means that the fans are not going to come back and they're going to, they're going to look at that, um, the, that example of poor quality of show. And they're going to, they're going to now look at the business that way, you know, that from a promotional side, I see that has happened in my area. Often. Now there, on the other side, there are some really good promotions who are doing everything right. And that's who I would steer fans toward. As far as an in-ring thing, you know, this is a, this is, I'll, I'll use Mick Foley's example. You know, he, he talked a lot about, um, and I think, I think it was Arn Anderson. No, it was Ole Anderson that gave him this example in his book. And he talked about, uh, you know, if you, if, if, if you do something too often, it loses the impact. And I see that in some matches. I think, you know, there, there are a bunch of different styles of wrestling and there's good and bad to all of them. There's people who love them. And I won't criticize any of those styles, but if you're going to, if you're going to hit a big move, it needs to mean something. Um, and there's, you know, the athleticism of wrestling as part of the attraction is something that, that draws fans and that we should never take that out. But, you know, if, if I could do, you know, if I could do a 720, I probably would. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that, that we've seen over the last 15 years is the, you know, the Undertaker gets more out of one dive over the top rope one time a year than somebody who does that 10 times in a match. Um, and I think that's, that's one of the things we've lost. I think that one of the things that has affected the business business negatively is the lack of opportunity for young guys to, I guess what I would, what I would consider sit under the learning tree, you know, under, under the, the regions, under the, the territories, you basically sat in the back seat and kept your mouth shut and listened to veterans and they would tell stories and talk about matches. And, and you, we all learned so much, you know, for, from doing that. Now that's not the, the availability to do that is, is not like it used to be. And I think that that's something that affects the business too. Yeah. And also just like you mentioned there, and I'm not throwing anybody under the bus or calling anybody out, but I think you made a great point. There's, there's really not a whole lot to for someone to say or walk in somewhere and say, hey, I'm a trained wrestler. Right. There's, it, it, and in today's market, I mean, there there's individuals that are literally fighting in Walmarts and individuals <laughs> that are jumping on top of barbed wire, on top of light bulbs and whatever yeah. else this guy's doing. I don't know. But... Now they're getting booked, right? And, and taking spots of individuals that have been trained, that are properly trained, that ha- have gone through it. So I, I do agree with your your philosophy there that it, it really has taken the nostalgia out of it with really paying your dues and and going through it. So well, it, and and here's the I can I can I understand right. I mean, we have become such a media driven society that it, the business really still is about how many butts can you put in seats? And if you get somebody that does something that becomes a viral, you know, sensation, 
and they can draw you a hundred fans that you wouldn't normally bring. I can't fault them for wanting to do that. But what I, True. you know, but what I can fault is, are the, is the person that you're paying this money to, are they going to make, are they going to move the business forward? Are they going to move the business backwards? And, and I'm, you know, I love this business and I, I hope that I never have or never will do anything that's going to hurt the business. So if you bring somebody in that is not trained, that doesn't know what they're doing and has, you know, one thing that they can do and they do that, you know, did that help the business or did it not? You know, and like you said, you're, you're taking away spots on guys that, and it's not, to me, it's not just paying your dues because, you know, there are a lot of people out there that have paid their dues and never got the opportunity and maybe never will. You know, there's, there's some guys, you know, I live in Texas. There's some guys in Texas that absolutely deserve to be making a million dollars on TV and, and never got the chance. Um, you know, and then there are guys, like you said, that are out there now getting booked because something they did one time went viral. Um, so I, I see both sides, but I just, I, I want what's best for professional wrestling. And, and in a lot of cases, I don't think that's it. Hmm. And, and I think you have a point as well. Well, there was actually, it was more of a question just in kind of in general, I think to tie some of this all together, it's something I've always kind of wondered and you you go back, you see what people are doing now, and you see what other wrestlers have done before. In terms of, let's say, you you have all the training, you have all this. Certain moves that people do now or used to do that don't seem as strong or relevant as they used to be. Like you think about like the DDT, like Jake Roberts. Mm-hmm. You, it's when you know when he did that, no one was getting up from it. But now right. everybody does it, and it's like everybody. It means like nothing anymore. Is that right. some? Is that some where it's like you almost wish like a move like that or certain things? It's like either that you could get rid of and nobody could do again, or that it's like even things like that could come back and mean more. No, I I wish I you know we we saw this oh, I don't know seven or eight years ago that we saw you know some of the bigger companies really make an effort to try to you know for the safety of the of the of the the men in the ring the men and the women in the ring they tried to go back more to that making that mean something um it's like and and you picked the perfect example um you know you can go back in the day and say okay well a russian leg sweep was a finisher at one point a cross body off the top rope won dusty Rhodes, the the, you know the nwa world's heavyweight championship should those now be protected finishers i don't i don't know that that's true but you know jake roberts had the the ddt was a just devastating move and and you know, that's something you don't, people use that as a, as a, not even a false finish anymore. You know, it's, uh, do we protect it? I don't know, but at it, some point, uh, you know, and the kind of the, the, the thing in vogue now is to kick out of six finishers and get beat by a roll up. Um, you know, I get it, but again, is that, is, is that what's best for the business? And we, you know, in the ring, you see things that are trends. Uh, that that that'll hit for a while, and everybody everybody in the country seems to do them, and then they'll disappear. Uh, to me, in a perfect world, yes, um, finishers would be finishers, and it would be a really big deal for somebody to kick out of your finish, right? I mean, that would be a major major deal. It would be uh, the biggest show of the year in front of you know sixty thousand people. Is that going to happen? Probably not. You know, it it I don't I don't see the business reversing that way. But to you know to your question, yes. I wish that it were more protected that way, but it's not something that it's something that an entire or, you know, an entire sport would have to agree on and and change. And that's, and that's realistically, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of moves nowadays that 
like I know you and I had the conversation a few days ago in regards to the Canadian Destroyer. Yeah. Really, really didn't see it a whole lot on mainstream television. Now it seems like everyone. The last like six months you see it everywhere. Everywhere. And, and it's yeah. kind of lost its allure where right. that move back when we were kids was, and I think the first It was one, rare. It, it was extremely rare, but it was a match ender. Now it's just right. like, oh, it's something to kind of phase them. And I feel like some moves have kind of moved away from that. And like he mentioned, in a perfect world, like a DDT when I was a kid, being a huge Jake Roberts fan, yeah, like that was the end of the match. And yeah. if you were it's, kicking out of that, I'm going to freak out because that doesn't right. happen. Yeah, like him, uh, uh, Robert Roode has has hit has the glorious DDT, which yeah. more often than not does the job. I know Alexa Bliss had had a DDT there for you know a few times she's used it yeah but yeah that and then you have john moxley yeah utilizes one too yeah and but people kick out of it all the time what's different from the way that he does it that other people don't and like i i understand it it should really and i liked your question too like it definitely kind of goes back to okay maybe these should be they shouldn't be protected moves but they should they should mean more they they should absolutely mean more. I think a lot of moves should mean more, and where it's kind of stepped away from that, where people are just kicking out of everything. It's like, okay, well, my right. finisher means absolutely nothing because you kicked out of it six times, and right. like we mentioned, right. a, a roll up's going to kill me. So, well, or, or even within the same show, and I mean, let's use let's use the super kick, right? I mean, that's become, you know, when when. Certain people did the super kick. Nobody had ever seen it before, and and the match was over. Um, and that's you know it's kind of become one of the running, I don't want to say running jokes, but one of the running things that people discuss all the time is you may see six or eight in the match, right? I mean, and it it it's not it's not a finisher in most cases. It's not even a setup in most cases. It's just a move. Uh, you know, where do you draw the line? And and I think a lot of that is the the men like you like we're saying with with uh, Jake Roberts and Shawn Michaels and those guys. I think those people were so respected that they were people respected them enough not to kick out of that move, right? I mean, you didn't. Nobody else used that move because it belonged to them, and that's you know that's just not the case anymore. It's you know there are very few things that you can say this is the guy who does it, and uh, nobody else does it. You know, now somebody else will do it, change the name a little bit, and it becomes a you know a, a move that's just a setup move. Yeah, it's like the the recycling of of finishers because now like kevin owens uses the stunner right and you never saw anyone do that other than stone cold and now here's kevin owens that's doing it now and when someone does the people's elbow i know you're gonna lose your freaking mind yeah yeah when that's also not yeah like even like like the rock well you said like you said stone cold nobody nobody touched the stunner no one the, no even one. the rock like no one touches really his like but, when it comes but i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put becky, it out there bookend the bookend was essentially the rock bottom yeah but they were also like kind of the same time yeah true okay so, so it was kind of but that and then yeah. i think becky lynch kind of has something that kind of looks like it to a small degree but yeah in, in any sense but, but yeah, yeah the, a lot of moves are are, are are recycled but yeah no i i, I think we all definitely made some great points but I do have to ask, especially for yourself, who was that one wrestler? You watched a bunch of different promotions. You you had, 
I mean, you had the golden ages. You you had the Von Erics and the Freebirds. Uh, you had Dusty. You had all these different, larger than life characters that we all idolize today and look at and truly go back and study. And you grew up on that. Who was really that one character that, if they were on TV, like nothing else mattered to you growing up? Well, you, for me, you named it. Uh, Dusty Rhodes was was the band for me. Um, you know, I, I loved I, I, I loved Ric Flair's matches. I loved uh, I loved Harley Race. I loved Terry Funk. Uh, but man, the personality, the charisma of Dusty Rhodes, and and to the point where it didn't occur to me until. You know, I was grown that I, it never occurred to me that Dusty wasn't a wasn't a body guy. Didn't have a great body. It never that never registered with me. You know, it, it. I was so engrossed, and every time he was in the ring, he he drew me in. Uh, his matches were were you know. Now I look back and think, great storytelling. Um, you know, it, it's it's just he was so gifted, and it, regardless of what kind of body he had, you know, he'd go out. Now again, given it was a different style of wrestling at that point, but the guy could go out there and have 60 minute matches every night and, and have you just, at least me, have me mesmerized the whole time. You know, it's a, it's again, it's a different world. I mean, look at what, look at what his finishers were. He used the bionic elbow. There's nobody in the business right now. I I don't even know what it would take for somebody to get to the point where the bionic elbow was a finisher. Right. Um, But that's, that's the guy who, I just couldn't get enough of. I think I knew by the time I was 13, 14, you know, I knew every dusty promo and, and had it memorized. And, um, I wish I could say that, you know, I, that I could, that I've gotten a lot from him, but I, in my best days, I couldn't have the charisma that the dusty had. He just had this, this energy about him that the second that he started talking, it was, you could relate no matter what the story was, you could relate. And if you couldn't, by the end of it, you, even if you couldn't relate, you you were sold on it. Like, no, right. that's who I'm cheering for because he has had a life. And I, I, there's not many pro. I, I can think back now. I, I can't think of many promos that people have cut in the last 10 years, really, that have really stuck out. And you say two words from a Dusty Rhodes promo, and right. I can recite it verbatim yep. from start to finish. Yeah, that's absolutely me too. I mean, I didn't, he, he was a huge influence. Um, I, I got to spend just a, the smallest amount of time with him and learn a ton. You know, it's, it's just, yeah, that, that was, that was the guy for me. And you talk about a guy that could, I mean, if, if our business is about drawing people in, selling tickets, selling them on a match, nobody, I, I, I can't think of anybody that did it better. I agree. And I, I was always him and, and Jake Roberts. Were the yeah. two that when they talked, even as a kid, I, I was terrified of Jake Roberts. Don't get me wrong, but when he talked, I listened. And one of my one of my favorite promos, I actually brought it up to my wife the other day. She's like, "How would that even get over?" I'm like, "He just had that about him." And it was because um, he made he made an appearance on uh, on AEW last week, and I had to like stop everything I was doing. We were watching a TV show. I'm like, I have to watch this really quick, and. I actually had to like tell her the promo that literally like made me the biggest Jake the Snake Roberts fan, and it was when he was handed the microphone and he just starts moving his mouth. See, I know exactly. I'm right there with you, 100%. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. as a kid, I just remember I'm like turning up my TV, like 
did did the sound just cut out? Like, what's going on? And then the hand, it's like, can you speak up? We can't hear you. He's like, I don't even have to say anything, and you're sitting on the edge of your seat. Yeah, yeah. Sold as a kid, literally, 100%. I, I, I don't even care what you do. I'm terrified of snakes, but I'm the biggest Jake the Snake Roberts fan there is. So, and and uh, you know, I had people sending me, "Hey, did you see Jake's promo? Did you see Jake's promo the other night?" And I, you know, I I immediately went, you know, googled it, watched it, and just he had me shaking my head. He's he's a guy that invested time with me, uh, talked to me about promos, talked to me about, you know, his gift was he was one of the few guys that could cut a promo, have you just engrossed in the promo and then realized that he never raised his voice. Right. I mean, never every intensity. And he would, you know, like he, he, he watched me cutting promos one day and he pulled me off the side and he goes, here's what you should do. And, you know, to get that kind of input is from, from that guy is invaluable. And the other day, you know, it, it out of, well, I don't even know what the right word is. I watched, I watched the promo and I was mad at myself for not having thought of that finishing line he used the other night. You know that was that was money, and that's what that's what it's all about. Yeah, you know, it, it's. I'm curious to see who this person is, though. I am too. I think I have an idea who it is. Is it someone worth it? I I, th- I think so. Here, give me your thought process. Who do you think well, it is? The only other, the only guy I can think of is are you, is the one everyone's probably talking about is Matt Hardy. No, or do you you don't think it's him? No, because I don't think he'd go into the dark or. But well, who are you thinking? Who are you thinking? Luke Harper. That's true. Yeah, I think it's Luke Harper. You're right. Because it was your right hands perfectly. down. Yeah, it's got to be Luke Harper. I keep forgetting that he that he's supposed to be coming back, and they say he's going there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Luke Harper. I don't think it's Matt Hardy. I don't think he's gonna. I, I unless, I'm not convinced Matt Hardy's going to AEW, but that's a conversation we can have. Well, on that's that's a conversation we can have on the back end here. But yeah, absolutely. Did you ever think? That Mama Storm was going to get over as much as she did. <laughs> Ab- absolutely not. Uh, no, if, if if you if you ever watch that promo, I barely even hesitate when I say that because the I was not expecting any crowd response from that. You know, that was first off. That's absolutely true. Uh, you know, I am the youngest of what was four children. And I've been a mama's boy since the day I was born. I was a late, late child, and um, I'm, I'm my mom is everything I say is true with her. My mom is my hero. She's my motivation. She's you know she's an, a major influence, um, and that's all. That was also a little bit of an ode to Dusty Rhodes, you know. It, so I I said I'm you know I am Mama Storm's baby boy, and in the promo I'm getting ready for a world title shot. So I barely even hesitate, and when the crowd when the crowd started chanting, uh, I was stunned. You know, I had no clue. And then for it to continue to grow uh, like it has, you know, I'd actually posted a picture on social media this weekend. I spent uh, Sunday, Monday, and part of today with my mom, and I, I gave her a Mama Storm shirt, and I, I took a picture of my mom and myself, and she's wearing the Mama Storm shirt, and it, um, you know, it's I had no clue. You know, I had no clue. I I actually got in the ring, getting ready for the match, and I I you know Brian Hebner was the the ref, and I went. I don't know if I'm going to love that or live to regret that. 
you know, they, they, <laughs> you know, when, when I'm, when I am in a hold and they're chanting for my mom, I'm not quite sure how to feel about that. Right. I mean, <laughs> am I, am I doing a really good job that my mom is over more than I am or, you know, so, but it's, it's, Hey, it's, I love it. It's, it's fantastic. And, you know, I think I've made this comment one other time. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a great feeling. And, and it, it's a when your mom refers to herself as Mama Storm, it's pretty funny, especially when she's ninety five. You know, it, <laughs> she's it's living pretty, the gimmick. That's a, <laughs> a pretty amazing deal. She, she, uh, you know, it's it's a great thing, and you know, the the fact that the crowd cares is what really matters. Well, I know for a fact that my friend has already uh, has already researched his Mama Storm shirt, so he he, he is absolutely already on board with with Mama Storm, whether. You look at it as uh, something that you live to regret or, or not. Nah, I don't regret it at all. Don't regret it at all. I, I'm just waiting for the day where she asks you for the royalties. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you're using my likeness. I don't like it. I want my cut. <laughs> well, here's Okay, here's the irony of it. It's not, really, no, it's not really her likeness. That's the funny thing. It's like when they showed me that shirt, my first thought was, well, that's not my mom. <laughs> <laughs> that was, no i get that was my very first thought okay wait that's 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 not my mom why why are we selling a shirt that's not, i mean it's it's really me right i mean it's it's and i had a, I had a i mean i love the shirt now but it's like that had a real to me that had a had a missed out fire feel to it and i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> but you know the, here's what matters uh if if i love the nwa i'm passionate about the nwa and if, if the fact that the fans care is all I need, you know, it's, I think in, in the, in the world of professional wrestling, it's, that's all we need. That's all I need. If the fans care one way or another, then, then I feel good about what we're doing. And the, the, the fact that NWA power is, is getting such, you know, such a following and such good, such great reviews. And the fact that anybody out there cares what a 55, 56 year old guy does now is, that's all. That's all a plus, and I'm I'm enjoying the ride and enjoying every minute of it. Well, if you do want to follow along, obviously, Power does return next week on Tuesday at six o five p.m. with Super Power, and it's a hell of a card already already announced too. So, if you haven't yet, set your alarm for six o three p.m. to pull off of the highway <laughs> and watch it in the parking lot. I, I would do so now. So if, like I had mentioned, if you do want to follow along, you can catch all of his tags and all of our posts and all of our pictures, not, as I mentioned, our videos. We'll, we'll get there in due time. But once again, Tim, we truly appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. E- even on the short notice of it all, coming on and, and talking with us here tonight, letting us in uh, on your background and, it, the pleasure was all ours. Trust me, it definitely means a lot to us for you to even call us here tonight. Oh man, I've I've enjoyed every minute of it. I appreciate you guys having me on. And hey, anybody out there that hadn't hadn't given NWA Power a, a shot, give it a shot. This coming next episode, uh, Jackson Dane and I are hooking up again, and it's a it is a uh, a big man brawl. So just uh, you know, I, he and I have a history. Check out NWA Power. Check out uh, the Crockett Cup coming up. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. I've enjoyed every minute of it. So I don't even know where to begin from this past weekend because personally, and I hate to bash on anything, but that was by far one of the worst pay-per-views I think we've watched over here. Yeah, it kind of sucked. It, it was terrible. What was that main event? 
So, <laughs> I, I don't even know what was said over here in the I peanut gallery. All I heard was hippopot. The food was great. okay. The food was always the, great. It was the ma- it was the, the wrestling background. event that's that was yeah, not the wrestling event was terrible. That main event made absolutely no sense. Like speed up the clock, if anything. Yeah, yes, you want to put her over as this unbeatable force. And personally, I don't even care because I'm so over this this Becky Lynch the man shtick. I'm over it. No, I'm still in on it. I'm not. I am. I'm not. It's shit. Fuck put Shana. the fuck put, Shana. Whatever you no. say. At this point, I I wasn't happy with the match, so I hope that it just it like they should. I'm, I'm still but. not convinced that Shayna's gonna win. I I don't know at this point, but I I don't think they're happy with Shayna. I don't think that was the way that they wanted the match to go because let's face it, in a main event of a pay per view, the crowd should not be chanting boring, and that was the only. Well, chant yeah, it was, was because okay. Oh, crap! What the hell is the name of her finisher? The the chokehold? Yeah, I can't remember. You're putting me on the spot here, so I probably sound like an idiot. I can't remember what it's called either. But okay, but still, whatever it was, chokehold finish, choke done. Fin- chokehold finish, done. Chokehold finish, done. And now we wait. Yep. And then the next person comes in. No, I was still waiting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, are we going to just, should we just twiddle our thumbs? Or All right, you we... ruined it. And then the next one comes in. Yep. And then, the kind of, you know, there, oh, there yeah, was it was Liv Morgan. She Then she kind of threw her around a little bit. There was a good spot where she, like, and this whipped probably her hat, whipped her head. Whipped that probably her. isn't the best thing to say. Like, she I whipped her that spot. She I love when she whipped her like a rag She whipped her head back and forth. <laughs> Willow Smith up in here. <laughs> So, but yeah, th- that was a cool spot. And Probably say, not for Liv Morgan. Oh, no, but, but. Th- that chokehold finish was yeah. actually pretty kind of cool. It was kind of cool when she just kind of like, and ragdoll. Yep. And, and then, then it was. And then we wait. And then it was screaming from Asuka for a long period of time. And then we wait. what we thought would have been a very highly anticipated back and forth between Shayna and Asuka. Now, shit. granted, this is someone that like Becky Lynch just had a like a, a, a deal with where it was, this is the only person I haven't beat. It should have been a hell of a back and forth. There should have been plenty of moments in this back and forth where you should have thought that Asuka was walking out with the victory. And that didn't happen. It was literally a, okay, chokehold, you're out. Bye. Like, I I can't blame the crowd for chanting boring because that was terrible. Now, there were some good parts of the pay-per-view. Don't get me wrong. I I liked the tag team elimination chamber match. I thought that was was really good. I I liked that. Uh, But other than that, there there was no championship match defended. There was um, other than... Obviously, the Intercontinental Championship and then the United States Championship, but no big like World Championship matches. Well, of course there was not, because they're both held by part-timers. Well, uh, even the Women's Championship, really, it was just... Well, because... Guys, well, you're not going to have the man defend it. No, because they had that whole they had that whole thing. Uh, I'm not sure why Bailey didn't defend it, but I am... Speaking of Bailey. Speaking of Bailey, what about Bailey? I am very curious about SmackDown this week. I am too. But why are you very curious about SmackDown this week? 
is Paige cleared? I don't know yet. And that's what makes it interesting. Yeah, that's that's exciting. I owe you a chest shot, by the way, but no. because you're not feeling good. No, actually, because I you were still owed one. We will call it even. I will shake on that. I will fist bump you on that. Oh, okay, coronavirus <laughs> up in the air. Okay, so we're even. Come on, dude. We're even now, so we have to make another chest shop in the future. So I'm not going to chest shop you. I was so going to be thank, nice. So thank Bulk for getting his head whacked open when we saw him at Pittsburgh Pro Wrestling Classic for now. Actually, I should thank him for getting his head split open so then I didn't get chest chopped. So well, thanks, Bob. You would have got chest chopped by me. I would have got chest chopped by Bulk Nasty. But still. Either way, that's a great transitional point. IWC 19 coming up this weekend, and a hell of a card at that. Where do we even start? with all of the great matches that are taking place. And once again, if you haven't made your way over to IWCWrestling.com and subscribe to the network, definitely do so now. Or if you're going to be live in person in Elizabeth, Pennsylvania this coming weekend, some hell, a hell of a card. Hell of a card. Where do we even start? We have old school and new school. We have Jimmy Nuts and Brooks versus the team of Elijah Dean and Zach Nystrom. Team Big League versus Team Big League. That match in itself is going to be fantastic. Brooks and Nuts were fantastic their first time around in Team Big League. I really think that this is an opportunity for Jimmy Nuts to truly prove himself and get to that next level that he, he's been so eager to get to and truly prove to himself. But to say that it's going to be an easy task, Team Big League is definitely on a roll as of late, so it's it's not going to be an easy task. So who are you taking in this one? I'm going to go with original Team Big League. You're going to go with original Team Big League. I'm going to I'm going to go with new Team Big League. They're on too much of a hot streak right now that I don't I don't see it I don't see it ending right away. Jimmy Nuts is a Browns fan. You're going against them, man. You I, suck. I'm, nope, I, I'm nope, sorry. Nope, you suck. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Next, you have Angelic and Sean Phoenix, a match that is going to be high-flying and aerials all across the board. Who you got in this one? Uh, Sean Phoenix's deal. Sean Phoenix? Okay. I, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm I'm going to say it's probably going to end in the DQ, but I'm going to go with Sean Phoenix as well. But I don't think it's going to be clean how the match ends. I think it's probably going to end in DQ. Then, a very highly uh, anticipated moment. The match hasn't been announced yet, but Jackson Argos and Atticus is... It's not going to be a match. It, it's not going to be a match, There's but it, be a match. it could be. There's not going to be. It could be a match. At least not, not not this time. But the confrontation between the two, is this going to culminate at 19? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> you got it, yeah. Um, Do you think it's going to come to a head? I'll use that word, not culminate. Hmm. I think I think I think my theory is gonna kinda go into into action. I think Jackson Argos is somehow gonna align himself with Atticus for a bit until a later date where then he either finds a way to get the reset button or screws Atticus out of it and they have their own mini feud. I like it. Then we have the tag team scramble championship match. Yep. Great job, Xander. Which is fantastic. Because Which, dude, if you guys have eggs. not, if you guys have not seen Xander's Rocky Xander Zone, 
and no, his, his oh, rock, the, Rocky the Rocky montage. That's so great. Dude, that was great. Well, in this one, I think it's obvious the team that we're going with in this one. I, I'm I'm pulling for steak and eggs. Always. So steak and eggs takes this one. And no offense to any of the other teams, but steak and eggs, I, I think and they're, it's on too be, much, and they're on too much of a tear. And I think another thing to also watch in there is you got the team yet again of Spencer Slade and Andrew Palace. Uh, are they going to kind of be on the same page again? But at the same point, you got to watch out for the culmination with the reintroduction into the world no, with Otis. I'm, I'm kind of going more of the the whole, could this be where we get our last member of Team Big League? Mm. You never know. Our fourth member of Team Big League. That uh, And you're so quick to go back towards Andrew Palace with that. So I'm still convinced it's going to be. Because, just because it's like, if you can't beat them, join them. I, I agree with you. I think the, you and I both both agree in that regard. Next, we have the very highly anticipated rematch, uh, match that I truly feel might be the match of the night. And then that, of course, being the main event versus the North. Who you got in this absolute highly anticipated oh. rematch? This is this is a toss-up. This is a coin there, toss. I, this really is. It. I would say... It probably leans more toward toward the north, but there's something about the main event that I just I, I can't get off of. They, they have a lot to prove since the last time that they, they've been on the show and they've been on the card. They missed out on the Pro Wrestling Classic because obviously they were down at the Performance Center uh, for the WWE, so they yeah. couldn't compete there. And the regulators end up coming out with the victory. And... The main event really hasn't had an opportunity since then to truly prove themselves. Well, yeah, they because they were in the uh, they they were in 16-bit the sixteen bit challenge. They were in the sixteen bit challenge, but they weren't a tag team. They were just Very individuals. True. So I think this is an opportunity for them to come out. Next, we have the women's tag team match. Who are you pulling for in this one? Katie and Alley Cat will win that one. I, I'm taking the Queen and Raylin, so I'm going to go against you on that one. Uh, I think once again they're on too much of a hot streak. Katie, and, and, I, I and, love Katie. Don't get me wrong. Alley Cat Cal, and Calvin's going to get involved. Calvin and Justin are going to get involved. But at the same somehow. point, Alley Cat is. Uh, I I mean, don't don't take her for granted. Holy shit, she can take a beating. So I I don't know how many lives she's gotten this one, but it, personally, I, I'm taking the Queen and Raylin. So next we have the high stakes championship match, highly anticipated. We have. Our friend R.C. Dupree versus Mambo Italiano, the new high-stakes champion since the last event. Did they, announce, have, did they announce the stipulation for that one? They have not announced the stipulation Le- just yet. You know, I don't know if he's going to agree with this, but let's go with the cult leader. Let's go with the cult leader? Let's go uh, with the cult leader. Well, I'm always going to go with R.C. Dupree as well. So then we have the IWC Super Indie Championship to... Extremely high-flying individuals. Who you got in this one? Who you taking? Patch. You're yeah, going to stick. I'm going to stick with the champ. I, I'm going to stick with Patch too because he he's pushing a lot out about something big happening. And I know when he was on our show, he oh, said something. We're big still waiting happen. for it. And I think it's going to happen this Sunday at 18. So oh, that, here, how about 19? I'm how sorry. about Saturday at 19 instead of Sunday at 18? Uh, I like that. I like that more. <laughs> I like that even better. You're an idiot. I am an idiot, yes. Next, we have Shut Up in the Peanut Gallery. Next, we have another fantastic match. We have McChesney and Collier. Who you got? McChesney. 
McChesney, I'm taking I'm taking McChesney as well because I think I think that this is where we're going to see that fourth member of Team Big League truly get involved. I think whoever it may be, I, you're saying Palace. I'm thinking Palace as well, and Palace is probably listening to us. Like I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about, but I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take McChesney in this one. Then we have the title versus career match. We have Jack Pollock versus Jimmy Vegas. Who do you have in this one? I think Pollock wins, but I think there's okay. Let me take a step back. Sim it okay. down now. Maybe I'm not sure if Pollock wins, but I think the match ends where Pollock still walks out with the title. I I think the same thing. I think it's going to end in some a way sort of disqualification or count a double out. count out, a draw, time limit, something like that. Yeah. I don't I don't see this being the end of Jimmy Vegas. I don't. So I think it's going to end in like a double count out or a time limit. I, I think they might give it a 60-minute time limit, and they might go the distance. Yeah. You don't know. Uh, we don't know. So I don't see this being the end of Jimmy Vegas. I don't either. But I don't see him walking out with the championship. I see this either ending in – I see it ending in disqualification. Who knows? They might put the championship on Jimmy Vegas. Jimmy Vegas might walk out with it, so – I mean, there's only one way you're going to find out. Make your way over to Elizabeth, Pennsylvania, or to the IWCWrestling.com and subscribe to the network if you haven't just yet. But a lot of things going on also in the wrestling world that we definitely want to touch on. First and foremost, NWA. We have a lot of things announced. Finally. 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 We've been waiting for so long. For three months. Three months. We've been wondering, when are we going to see our former guest, the mean girl of professional the re- wrestling. The real mean the girl. The real mean girl of professional wrestling, Danny Jordan. And she debuts earlier tonight. Unfortunately, comes up short. But in the personality game and the confidence game, she won. Like, honestly, yeah. Her, her promo was, was great. It was great. And even her, even her match was still it was still fantastic. Even though she and, even and though she didn't come out on top, I still think Sienna, she should. Like, even saying, like, I never thought... I'd watch a match where a, the bigger person in the match was the, the underdog. underdog. And I think that speaks volumes for Danny Jordan. Oh, yeah. Because she had at least a foot and a half. Uh, Freya had but, at least but a foot and a half. I don't her. know about a foot and a half, but still, she had the size advantage. Oh, absolutely. But Danny Jordan was the one that was really the the powerhouse of the match. Just spots galore. Huge praise, not only from Wade Barrett, I'm sorry, Stu Bennett. Stu Bennett, but... I'm, I'm sorry. And also, E. Lie. Drake, Drake. And Sienna. Huge props Who? from both of them. Who? Sienna. 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 We're going to use her actual name in NWA? No. Oh, okay. What's her real name in NWA? Allison K. Okay. Sorry. I had to take that back. <laughs> and also, praise from... <laughs> I know her as Sienna. I'm sorry. She, I know she that's still her. Ha- that's still her Twitter handle. Yeah, I know her as Sienna. I, that's what she was before she came to. It. So we're gonna have to. Have, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> fuck it, man. I'm tired, man. I don't give a All shit. Right, so. so, and then getting praise from E, Y, Drake, Drake, and Allison K. So, why are you laughing right now? You're What's an idiot. I am an idiot. But any yeah, a couple other I guess a couple other things with that. I, I just wonder where this is going to go with uh, with the circle squared. 
yeah. where, where it's going to lead from here. We got the Crockett Cup coming up soon. Huge announcements coming up, too. The wild card entrance into that Battle Royal. One that, of which, that's going to yeah. One, one being Tim Storm, which we another, didn't mention. Another Zicky uh, Dice. Yeah. And Kirk, the last one, Ricky, Ricky Starks. Starks. So at this point, who knows what the Crockett Cup is going to lead to. The but new teams announced. Yeah, you saw the teams that they announced so far. I did. So who are you taking so far? Who looks the most promising as of right now? Uh, who are you taking? Uh, are you just going to make noises? Yes. I think I'd probably still go Villain Enterprises. I'm going to go with Villain Enterprises, too. I think, especially with the introduction of Brody King, uh, he's just bet those two together. Well, well Brody uh, won yeah. it last year. And he's going to win it again this year. I think so. So he's going to be a two-peter. Repeater? So, two-peter. Repeater? Two-peter. Okay. I like two-peter better. It sounds oh. better. It doesn't sound better, but I just like the way it sounds. Yeah. A two-peter. Yeah. Anywho. So moving on from there, other big news that was announced. The match for Blood and Guts, which essentially is just <sighs> war games. Let's face it. It's war games. AEW war games. AEW, but they can't call it War Games because WWE owns the name of it, so they're going to call it Blood and Guts. And they're and here, they, we're going to just throw a match together that makes yeah, absolutely no sense. Yeah, it makes no, no sense. sense. They're not even feuding right now. Why are they doing this? I mean, why not just have... And I think you made a perfect point. Why not have the Inner Circle versus Team Moxley? That would make the most sense. But it doesn't. But it doesn't. Why? Because Cody owns the shit. I don't think it has anything to do with Cody. I think that it's just... The elite, they want to prove that they exactly. are the elite in it, what, but yes, it they the had elite. no build up to it. What is it. it called? All elite. Elite owns the shit. Whatever. I don't agree with it. I think it's absolutely freaking stupid. Do, why would you have it like this? There's no storyline behind it. It's literally because it was it. his dad that f- started the war game, so of course he's gonna fucking do it. Well, line up. Just have the first person that Moxley picks for his team be Cody. That would have made more sense. Then Cody gets to pick the next person. And who does he pick? Kenny Omega. And then who does Kenny Omega pick? The Young Bucks. And then you continue building from there with the feud with Hangman Page. That's true because you left him out to dry. Exactly. That would have been the smart fucking thing to do. That's how you build a story. Yeah. And guess what? I just did it in my fucking basement at 1045 at night. Yeah, I know. And it's a better fucking story to tell. I know. Trust me. Why? I, because they don't get it. They they do get it, but they just don't care. If they got it, then they would have fucking done it. Anywho, we, we could get off on this tangent forever, but that's going to do it for this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so yet. Be sure to drop us a rating. Be sure to tune in two weeks from today. Yeah, because Everyone get drunk next week. Yeah, I'm going to have the brown <laughs> bottle flu. Let's face it. I, I don't eat a whole lot too much. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get white girl wasted all over again, just like this past weekend. Corn beef, corn beef, beef gonna get myself a Reuben. I would love to have a Reuben. Reuben. I, I can't have I can't have it with bread though. You can. No, I don't like sauerkraut. No, you know what? I I don't like I don't like the tone in the back of the room right now. So this is just gonna end it for this week's episode. We will see you next week. I'm sorry. Two weeks. Two weeks. Jesus Christ, Pat. I'm going to see everybody in a week. I'm just. I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to be all over the world. I'm going to be. I'm going to be floating. Yeah, I'm going to be that drunk because I don't eat, and I already have the week, the day off. I no, am going to call off. 
I'm going to call off. Go home. I'm going to go home, but I'm going to call off for opening day. Fucking do it. I'm going to. Hold me to it.